The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus spoke this parable to his disciples. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. So in Bishop Robert Barron's homily for this week, he tells a very interesting story that his priest friend from the, around the 1930s had encountered. In Chicago at that time, there was this gangland hitman who was notorious. And what had happened was he got into a shootout and eventually he was wounded and injured and was also dying as well. So this gangland hitman, he had the sensibility to ask for a priest because he was Catholic. And so when the priest came, this man confessed his sins and he passed. Later on, the media heard about what had happened and asked the priest, well, what's gonna to happen to this guy? And then this priest said, well, he's probably gonna to have to go through a lot of purgatory, but it's, he's gonna be able to get to heaven. And he said he's, he's able to have the same heaven as St. Francis of Assisi. And when he said that, the People who heard that kind of sent letters in, writing and complaining, how is that possible? How can this gangland hitman have the same heaven as St. Francis of Assisi? It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem just. And so the reaction we can have to our gospel today is actually the same reaction that we can have with what we hear, the story from Bishop Robert Barron. And really, if you think about it, it makes some sense. In the gospel today, we have about five different groups 
You have the group that worked at 6 a.m., 9 a.m., 12 p.m., 3 p.m., and then 5 p.m. And all of them agreed to work for the usual daily wage, to be paid the proper amount. And so when the time came for the different groups to be paid, and the group that only worked one hour came first, and they, when the group that worked for 12 hours saw that they got paid the full day's wage, in some ways they were excited because they saw the hourly rate. These guys worked one hour, they got paid this much. Imagine how much we're going to get paid because we worked 12 times the amount. So then the time comes for them to get paid, but then they get paid the same amount. And you can understand why they're frustrated. We worked 12 times more, but we got paid the same amount as the people who worked one hour? And in the dialogue with the landowner, it's very interesting. He says that, did you not agree to the wages that I proposed to you? Right? In, in some ways, yes, they were. They, they did agree to working that 12-hour period for the usual daily wage. But the reason why those other people were paid the same amount was not because of justice, because he paid these people who worked that 12 hours what was due to them out of justice. But the people who only worked less than 12 hours, the extra he paid to them was out of his generosity. So if the usual daily wage was $120, then the people who worked one hour should only have gotten paid $10. But the extra $110 they received was actually a free gift. And so the landowner was not unjust. And so when we think about it, it still doesn't make complete sense to us. But of course, it's an analogy for a spiritual reality. And I believe that Jesus is trying to tell us that heaven is something that we do not earn by our own works. Heaven is a free gift to be received. See, everything we have is a gift. Even those people who worked for 12 hours, that was also a gift. They were only able to work because the landowner gave them the opportunity to work. And so whether we've been a Catholic our whole life or we've repented in the last moment like that hitman, the possibility of heaven is open to both of us because heaven is something we do not earn by our own powers. That's what the Catechism teaches in paragraph 2010, that the initial grace of forgiveness and justification, justification is a more technical theological word for salvation, is not merited by our own works, but is given to us by Jesus Christ in his death on the cross. And that makes sense. If we could get to heaven on our own, then we wouldn't need Jesus. And this idea that God's love comes first as a free gift is found all throughout Scripture. St. John says, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us first. St. Paul also says that God shows his love for us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Think about it too with regards to baptism of babies. You know, I do a ton of them. You know, many of these babies, you know, they're like sleeping, they're drooling, they're unconscious, right? But we still baptize them and they still are saved. And baptism, child baptism, in some ways is a witness to the freedom of the gift of salvation. That's not dependent on what we do but dependent on what Jesus does for us. 
And even too, you think about it in the natural order, even with your own family. You know, many parents, of course, you've had kids, and when they were young, you loved them with all your heart. But it, was, it wasn't like they did anything to earn that love. In fact, it's almost like they did the opposite, right? They deprived you of your sleep, you had to clean up after them, and even after all of that, you continued to house them for another 18 to 30 years. Why? Because you love them for who they are, not what they have done. And so, of course, I want to make some distinctions that this love that we receive, although it is a free gift, it doesn't mean we can just do whatever. Right? Because some people might think, well, if God loves me, no matter what, I can just do whatever I want and then repent at the last moment, like that hitman. And I don't recommend that way of living for two reasons. First is that when we live that way, where we're intentionally choosing to turn away from God and hoping to repent at the last moment, who knows if you'll get that chance at that last moment? It's like rolling the dice with your salvation. That's why it's so important for us to be always prepared to meet our Maker, to come to Mass like you are today, to go to confession. The second two, which is more important, I would say, is that when we live a life of intentional sin, then what happens is that we begin to form these habits of saying no to God. And so if we continue to say no to God throughout our life, by the end of our life, we're less likely to be able to say yes to God because we've said it so much our entire life. And that's why it's so important for us to live this life of virtue so that we can be prepared when the time comes. But the main reason I want to emphasize the fact that God's love is a free gift is how it impacts our own personal spiritual life. Because if you live your life like you have to earn God's love at every moment of your life, then you're constantly striving, constantly trying, and as we know from our own weakness, constantly failing. And even if you were able to somehow earn God's love in that sense, then what would happen is that God's love for you would be dependent on your works. And so then God's love for you would fluctuate like a roller coaster. And the most important thing is that you live in this constant state of fear. But when you know that God loves you, no matter what you have done, then you live with this peace. Because despite your failings, you know that God's love is still pulling you up. He's still calling you to himself, that he hasn't abandoned you. He's never abandoned you. And that is a form of life that gives us peace. That is the reality of how God sees us. And so, my brothers and sisters, today I truly believe that Jesus wants to remind each and every one of us that you are infinitely loved by the God of the universe. That's something you don't have to earn. It's just something you have to receive. And so maybe for the first time in your life, I invite you, have you given God permission to love you? Because when you let His love wash over you, He can cleanse you from your sin. He can move your life from living in sin to a life of virtue. So that as we live our days on earth, we live in gratitude so that we may become worthy of the love that has called us to Himself.